That was Uptown by Prince. Kristen Henning, our Middle America correspondent, admits that in the aftermath of George Floyd's murder in her hometown of Minneapolis, she thought about moving to another city. It was certainly discussed in her household, she says. The area where Floyd had been detained and killed by police officers was considered unsafe after much of the area was shuttered following damage caused during protests that endured for many days. Chris says the city itself has gotten a bad name and its inbound tourism has plummeted. Small businesses were the innocent victims of this downturn in addition to the pandemic disruption. Then the Federal Department of Justice launched in with an investigation into the city's police. So what was the city's response and where does Minneapolis stand now? Kristen Henning explained to me, Graeme Kemlow. Is this affecting tourism? Because, um, as I understood it, Minneapolis and its twin sister city, St Paul, across the river, were pretty popular places for people to visit for various reasons. So I thought we'll check in with Chris. So, Chris, you've done a little bit of digging around for us to see what the, uh, what the story is. How, how could you summarise it? Yeah, thank you for bringing it up and checking in with me. It's It's been th- more than three years now since George Floyd's murder. And um, it, because that was May 2020 in the midst of COVID, it was really unclear initially how, to the outside world, how many of the the problems of in Minneapolis and tourism in Minneapolis were COVID related or George Floyd related. But right. from inside the city, you could see that this was deeply affecting the city and neighborhoods of the city, which are the, you know, the vibrant components of the city to a, a really big extent. And just to give you some idea, the Minneapolis St. Paul, by the way, is the 16th largest metro area in the United States. Right. Minneapolis itself is only, in the city limits, 430,000 people um, because it's really a a triple area for tourism. It's the state capital of St. Paul, Minneapolis, the biggest city in the state. And then there's the Mall of America in Bloomington, which, you know, is in many respects its own town now. When we talk about metro area tourism, the Mall of America is the number one attraction. Okay. For Minneapolis, summertime, uh, because of our totally temperate weather here, it's uh, beautiful in the summer, it can be really warm, very cold in the winter. So tourism, of course, happens in the summer, and people cite reasons of coming to the Mall of America, visiting family, doing outdoor fun, uh, maybe catching the professional sports. And in, so that's kind of the lay of the land. And what happened after George Floyd is the city erupted and there were neighborhoods with deep, deep destruction and fires. The third precinct where the murder happened was burned down and they still have not relocated the police station. Uh, and they it looks like they won't relocate it in what is now described as the third precinct because the community is so against it. The downtown area was also, there was a lot of destruction, but the core of Minneapolis, which is along a street called Lake Street, which is all the small independent businesses, the ethnic restaurants, and a, and a little bit more posh intersection called Uptown, were just decimated, uh, boarded up, and we still drive through these popular areas and see a lot of boarded up buildings. Well, it's so, a shame. Yeah, it is. And so what happened as a result is the the chatter became, it's unsafe and avoid these neighborhoods, don't go downtown. And this is self, 
uh, fulfilling to because of course the police department through a lot of these issues went from close to 900 to down to 600 police officers and resigned or uh, many resigned took early retirement took stress uh, post-traumatic stress related leaves and may may not have come back. And it's a national, I mean, a lot of the stuff we're talking about for Minneapolis is a, issues across the United States, but there are fewer people going into law enforcement and more people retiring early. Sure. So it's very hard to catch up. I think we're still 100 officers short of our funded allowance of some 730 right police officers. And if I'm not mistaken, the Department of Justice report was pretty damning of the police, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And that is what prompted your your query. It's like, how how do you have a situation where the, the federal Department of Justice is, in fact, finding a pattern of civil rights violations by the police in the city and effectively mandating an agreement? So it is an, a, you know, a two-sided agreement to but it's court enforceable to independently monitor the reform of the police department. So that's what's happening now. And in answer to your question, as it affects tourism, it things were sort of already underway. Certainly the response to that from the Visitors Bureau was, was already crafted because the state of Minnesota had decreed the same thing. So locally, we weren't rocked by this news. It was totally expected. But it does say to the world, this is an issue that is real, and it's going to take a long time to fix it. Yeah, well, it's a bit like give a dog a bad name, isn't it? Yeah. So what have they done? Have they put out an advertising campaign or a communication strategy? What's been the, what have you seen? That's exactly what they've done. And they've done it in because of the the glaring fact that the hotels were just not filling up at all. Minneapolis Metro fell to about 24% occupancy. And normally it would be what? Oh, I mean, the U.S. average is in 60, 65%. Across the U.S., from COVID, hotel occupancy dropped to 44%. Okay. But Minneapolis was about half that. And at its lowest in December of 2020, it was only 12%. Right. So that tells you how people were staying away from downtown Minneapolis. And, and would St. Paul have suffered in the same way? They did not suffer. They were closer to the national average than they were to the Minneapolis right. uh, fact. So that also tells you that... People who did travel to the metro area were avoiding downtown Minneapolis, uh, the city of Minneapolis, and going either to Bloomington, where the Mall of America is, or St. Paul. Mm. So, yes, what the city did is they, they, I'm sure you, you can imagine being subjected to all the negative comments when you're in the business of building uh, tourism. And they worked with the company and, and came up with a, a campaign that was called See What All the Fuss Is About. Oh. And, <laughs> and they decided to just go head go on with, with these ne- yeah, negative commentary. And this campaign came out in earlier this spring, I think March of this year. And it's directed at people who are not international visitors, but but driving distance. Right. A day's drive. Okay. So... Yeah, they, they had some fun with it. And of course, because of their taking this head on, it got a lot of media. And that's 
that's the important thing for people inside the city, too, is to realize that there is a, a fight going on to change the narrative, mm. uh, to, you know, grab the mic back. So, you know, they use, because everyone was saying downtown was a ghost town, it had its vacant lots, and it had the COVID-caused Closures, lack of office mm. workers. Mm. Um, so they, instead of saying it was a ghost town, they say empty, but not like Twitter says, or overrun because people say it's overrun by criminals and thieves it's overrun by bikers because it's a very bike bicycle friendly city oh okay um right. and deserted okay. deserted but not like what you've heard they're playing on the spelling of desert and dessert, dessert. right uh, okay. and so they're promoting the the food scene what what people love about downtown minneapolis is the food scene it's a very cultural center we've got regional theaters, concert halls, the Minnesota Orchestra. So a lot of concert venues and major sports teams in baseball, basketball, and football all play in, right in downtown Minneapolis. That's unusual, is it? Yeah, it is because land is precious in downtown yeah. areas. So okay. oftentimes they're, they're further flung. Now, were you tempted at any point to, I don't know, you've got family, you've been in Minneapolis for, for a while, were you tempted to move to another area? Um, it, let me say that there has been talk of it in our household. We we did move two years ago, and we before we were traveling, we traveled for ten years without a home without a base. House. I remember that. Yeah, without a house. Yeah. <laughs> Prior to that, our house was right in the middle of Minneapolis. Right. At this stage in our lives, we are not right in the heart of Minneapolis. And I have to say, we don't regret that one little bit. Sure. Partly for tax reasons and partly for crime reasons. We are only, we're not even a mile outside the city limits in a, a townhouse in one of the inner ring older suburbs. Right. So it's it's not like it's bucolic here. It's, right. you know, we're in the city, but yeah. we're just not in the city limits. And I think my partner, Tom, is just, you know, he would like a good excuse to pick up and move to another country. Oh, another uh, country. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Not another neighborhood, another country. Okay. Because he equates a lot of what's going on in Minneapolis to issues which are very common throughout the country. This whole divisiveness um, of the, uh, left the divisiveness, Yep, and now the polarization and the politics and, you know, the in the microcosm here on this issue, we see the city council, which is ex- very, very left, mm. um, even left for a lot of my leftist friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, there, there was a huge outcry to defund the police and to, you know, Yeah, I ban- remember that. Yeah, you told us And that. that's just such a an extreme, untenable situation. Sure. It, it actually went to a referendum in the city of Minneapolis. And the, it was a not defund, but replace with a, the vocabulary was public safety and concerns of mental health issues for 911 calls rather than, you know, having armed police pulling a gun. Mm. So, I mean, these are all really big issues and and it would be great to flee them, but they're they're issues of urban unrest all over the world. And, Mm. you know, we were in the middle of of this one. Yeah. Well, it's it's a shame, but um, at, at least the city sounds like it's got a bit of a handle on it and it's doing it with good grace. And uh, they're taking a few people along with them, I suppose. So there's yeah. not been any massive uh, rush for the exits. 
No, I mean, there's, there are, there's not. And the, you know, there's still people moving in and the the corporate leaders here, uh, some have pulled out of downtown Minneapolis, but Target Corporation is, home office is in downtown Minneapolis and they may not have all their workers back full time, but it's not over George Floyd and crime. It's, uh, it's over all these other issues that we've faced over the last three years. And th- these things are all hard to separate. But mm. in the end, I mean, some of the good signs are that uh, the, the hotel occupancy in May of this year, so th- three years precisely, we're back up to 57%. Oh, okay. That's not bad. So it's definitely recovering. And as I was checking in with people for statements on this issue this week, they were so proud to say that we just had a record-breaking weekend for hotel bookings. It was over 93%. And why in was fact, that? 90- Sports? Because Taylor Swift was in Oh, town. <laughs> she is unbelievable. Someone, yeah, she, she did needs two, to be bottled, I think. Yeah. yeah, she does. She did two dates here. And it was the central weekend of our Pride Month, right. and there was a big convention at the same time. Wow. The convention center is also, which is also downtown Minneapolis. Um, you know, these things are all part of the same nerve system, and in any one of them falls out, it affects everybody else. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's think, the nature of tourism, right? Yeah, I think COVID demonstrated that very, very clearly. Uh, right. You know, Melbourne thrives on uh, meetings. And does it very well. And um, when that whole industry effectively was shut down, it shut down a whole lot of other stuff in the town. Right. Um, Including the fact that our city, our CBD, probably only 70% full. Mm -hmm. um, You know, I was talking to a GM owner the other day who said to me, it's not coming back. Just understand that you're not going to get back what we originally had. Things have changed. People are coming to hotels, but they're coming at different times, on different days, for different purposes. Um, so anything that you regarded as normal is gone, and yeah. people don't quite understand understand that. Um, you know, they've had a no, cafe it's... running successfully for years, but the people who frequented it either aren't there or they've moved to another part of uh, uh, to work. You know, anyway. Exactly, and I think it, this is more true in hospitality than any other way. Mm. And mm. and whether it's from COVID or it's from civil unrest. Yeah, you've had the double whammy. We've, we had the double sad. whammy, but, the, mm. but you know, just coming back to the United States and Minneapolis in particular after traveling for many months, what you see is higher prices in the restaurants because the restaurants need to pay the workers better because mm. they don't have people. They have so many people quit. It's staffing is such a huge issue. Yeah, it is here too, and, yep. And, uh, you know, our tipping situation is very different from yours, but it's being included now somewhat, but not totally. And, you know, for those of us who may have been out of the of America for a while, you come back and just the hospitality business alone is a great indicator of how the economy will never go back to, because the workers are never going to go back to their former situation. Mm, interesting. Well, thank you very much for following up on that, um, Chris. I, I appreciate it. And Hard stories to tell when they're about your hometown, but as the George Floyd situation has has settled down, I guess we all move on. Yep, and there are always the individual stories of someone going in and starting up their restaurant again Mm. uh, after having been closed or Mm. starting something new. So the startups are coming and the... That takes, you know, the individual decision and Minneapolis is doing a good job of allowing people to change their thinking and make a new decision. 
Fantastic. Well, you've talked about your city often being a city that's flown over, not, not right. into. Let's hope that maybe uh, when the Aussies get over there, they can have a look at the Mall of America or the uh, the Sculpture Garden. You have a you sent me a fabulous photograph of a spoon with a cherry on it, uh, but obviously yes. it's it's uh, it's more than life size. Uh, yes, it is. It looks lovely, actually. It's great. That's a Klaus Oldenburg sculpture, and it's a real icon of our city and the Walker Arts Centre, which is here. Yeah, it's beautiful. And you also, don't you make beer in your town? Oh, do we? Yes, we do. Well, that's probably we another make... reason some people would visit you. Oh, we make lots of beer, yeah. there's the, uh, Minneapolis is known for good beer, good restaurants, and as I say, the sports teams and the culture, the arts. What's, what's oh. not to love? Yeah, yeah. Morning, noon and night. Thanks, Chris. (laughs) Kristen Henning there speaking with Graham Kemlow.